My favorite artist, Peter Gabriel, finally makes an appearance on the Super It's podcast. We're talking about Shock the Monkey. Here we go. Super It's podcast. I'm excited for this one because finally... I'm talking about Peter Gabriel, my favorite of all time. I, Pete. Yeah, I've been holding off and holding off and holding off and finally decided to pull the trigger. We're talking Shock the Monkey. I'm Alan on all the social medias. I'm Slip with Five Eyes or Sloop. So you uh, you, you were kind of edging yourself for like months. <laughs> it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Uh, yeah. Terrible. Who are you? Jamie C. My website's makeafix.com.com. I'm going to just say sorry. Friends. Fucking disgusting. All right, let's get into it. Well, the right. song's kind of shocked the monkey. It's kind of got some connotations. Spank the monkey. <laughs> I know, but it still has that, that bit of connotations. Uh, well, we'll see what it's about uh, coming up. Uh, Peter Gabriel is an English musician, singer, songwriter, record producer, and activist. He rose to fame as the original lead singer for Genesis back when they were progressive rock. Uh, well, and of course, you know, people out there will debate like, well, they were better with Peter Gabriel and they were better with Phil. Look, they're two different bands and they're both great. So calm down. Yeah, I would say. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm a little more partial to the Phil years myself, but that doesn't mean that other people can't in- enjoy Frog Rock Genesis with all the uh, all the artistic statements. So during his time with Genesis, they released six albums between 1969 and 1974. And again, their sound was much different from the Genesis that you would know with Phil Collins. They were one of the predominant progressive rock groups of the time. Early lyrics drew from psychedelia, fantasy, mythological figures, and fairy tale themes. Gabriel emerged as one of the band's main lyricists who often incorporated puns and double entendres in his lyrics and track titles and addressed various themes, including social commentary. During the live shows... Peter Gabriel would recite stories to introduce numbers as a way to cover the silence between songs while the band tuned their instruments. Yes. Uh, During a gig in Dublin in September 1972, he disappeared from the set during the instrumental section of a track called The Musical Box, which is fantastic, and reappeared in his wife's red dress and a fox's head. Which, yes. which mimicked the album's cover. He had kept the idea to himself as he felt the band would have voted against it. Uh, Despite some initial doubt from his bandmates, the incident received front page coverage in Melody Maker, giving them national exposure, which allowed them to double their performance fee. So that's awesome. Yeah, the fox head did it. So and then I was that kind of the the, the beginning of all the all the elaborate costumes. Yeah. Then we got into a lot of costumes Um, in 1973, following the success of selling England by the pound, which, in my opinion, is the best of the Peter Gabriel era Genesis albums. A typical Genesis show had Peter Gabriel wearing fluorescent makeup, a cape, bat wings, (laughs) a helmet, a chest plate, and a shield, as well as various costumes for the track Supper's Ready, and probably your favorite, an old man mask for the musical box. Fantastic. Dressed up as the cauliflower coot. Yes. Uh, In 1984 and 85, during the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway tour, Peter Gabriel informed the band that he would be leaving at the end of the tour. There were differences in terms of the theatrics at the show that caused some tension in the group, but ultimately the split was amicable. Uh, Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel would work together on numerous soul albums over the years. I mean, it's just smart. They're both tremendous musicians in their own right. Like, why would you limit yourself? Just because you couldn't get along 
and 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 a cohesive vision as a band. Does I mean you can't work together? Everyone did well. Money. Everyone did well on their you know after the split. They were all fine. Right on. Peter Gabriel would release four self-titled studio albums between 1977 and 1982. They were all given nicknames based on the album cover. The most critically acclaimed is by fans, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, but now speaking, it's kind of like, fans. yeah, now it's kind of widely, you know, known I, as, as titles. You know, I wonder if that bothered him. I don't know. And like the, the albums weren't called like Peter Gabriel 1, Peter Gabriel 2, etc. No. They were just Peter just, Gabriel. Yeah. He was copying Weezer is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, he loves Weezer. Uh, the most critically acclaimed of the albums was 1980's Peter Gabriel. That would be the third album, also known as Melt. <clears throat> After those albums in 1986... He released his most commercially successful successful album called So that yes. featured uh, Sledgehammer. That was his only track to hit number one in the U.S. The song also had a groundbreaking music video. And Peter Gabriel continued to release albums uh, since So. He's released, uh, I think, four. He's done some collaborative albums, some uh, cover albums, and uh, done a lot of production work since that time. And he is going on tour in September. And in yes. fact... <laughs> He's playing in Toronto on September 11th, Come on. Come on. and as a result of going to Peter Gabriel, I cannot see Kula Shaker yes. at Lee's Palace. So uh, there is a ticket for Kula Shaker up for grabs. If you want it, just tell us you want it at any of our podcast addresses. I'll tell you what. You know what? Let's put it all on the line here. If you take that ticket, we'll do a Kula Shaker episode. All right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> We're upping the ante. You get a free ticket. And everybody else gets to enjoy a Cooler Shaker episode. Oh, oh do it for a the fans. Cooler Shaker episode here on the Super Hits Podcast. So, Peter Gabriel is the fourth studio album. It was released in September, on September 10th, 1982. In the United States and Canada, it was released off of Geffen Records with the title Security. So, they actually gave it uh, a title. Oh, they did. Yeah. Some music streaming devices refer to it as Peter Gabriel 4 colon Security. And a German language version of the album entitled Deutsches Album, which stand or which uh, translates into German album, I love it. Uh, was also released. The album had some decent success. It reached number two in Canada, number six in the UK, number twenty-eight in the US, and was a top twenty album across a lot of Europe. The first single from the album is the track "Shock the Monkey." And, uh, of course, that's the one we're talking about today. It was released on September 20th, 1982. The <laughs> single clocks in at a nice 3 minutes and 58 seconds. Beautiful. Uh, there are some different mixes of the song that contain different timing. Uh, Peter Gabriel used a number of cutting-edge electronic devices to create the backing track on the song and the rest of the Security album, including... And, again, you told me this off the air, but I'll just say mm -hmm. it for the fans, yeah, yeah. right? A Fairlight CMI, a Prophet 5 synthesizer, and an LM1 drum machine. Absolutely. He and his co-producer, David Lord, collected samples and generated sounds with the equipment, which they processed to make the rhythms. In the studio, drummer Jerry Murata played in a manner dictated by how his drums could be processed, which meant avoiding cymbals and using a pseudo drum instead of a kick. The song making process building from the rhythm up and using any means necessary to generate beats was an innovative approach that resulted in a sound that could never be replicated. Uh, Peter Hamill sang backup for the track. He was a member of the band Vandergraaf Generator. Um, other members who performed on this track were Larry Fast on a Prophet 5 synthesizer, 
David yeah. Rose on guitars and Tony Levin on the Chapman stick, which is a 12 stringed uh, device used to play bass lines. Yes. Uh, Tony Levin's awesome. He's got these long extenders on his fingers that yeah. he that he bats the bass with. It's great. Yeah, that's right. It's awesome. For the German LP, Gabriel recorded a German version of the song called Schocked in Athen. Uh, translated yes. into English, it's called, get this, Shock the Monkey. There you go. Um, audiences at the first Woolmad Festival got a preview of Shock the Monkey in July 1982. Peter Gabriel played it in a set along with other tracks from the Security album, uh, which of course was released a few months later. Woolmad stands for World of Arts, or pardon me, World of Music, Arts, and Dance, and has become a, a vibrant cultural exchange for those looking to broaden their horizons. But that first festival was a financial calamity. Yeah. Uh, losing so much money that Gabriel, who helped organize it, had to stage a Genesis reunion concert to pay off creditors. Jesus. Uh, so yeah, they did a one-off show in the, the early 80s as uh, the original Genesis. Uh, Shock, man, oh man. Shock the Monkey was released as a 7-inch picture disc in addition to the 7-inch and 12-inch black vinyl singles. 39 versions are listed on Discogs, most from 1982. I own a U.S. 12-inch single where Shock the Monkey comes in at 5 minutes and 23 seconds. Mm -hmm. The B-side is a track called Soft Dog. I also own the Canadian 7-inch release with the 3 minute and 56 version uh, single. And Soft Dog is, again, the B-side. Yeah. The album cover has a distorted image of what I'm assuming is Peter Gabriel's face on the front and back covers. Shock the Monkey is in plain font uh, on the front, and Peter Gabriel's name shows up in the upper left-hand corner in the same font that was used for his first four albums. Yes. Club DJ Remix uh, service Hot Tracks crafted an 8-minute and 12-second version that intersperses verses and choruses sung by Gabriel in German and English. All uh, right. I mean, I haven't listened to it. Probably unnecessary. Probably. The song appears on a number of Peter Gabriel Greatest Hits albums, including Shaking the Tree, open parenthesis, 16 Golden Greats, close parenthesis, a hit, uh, his remastered collection box set. And then I wrote, interestingly, it doesn't appear on his compilation album Revisited, which is a compilation of tracks from those first four albums. It was basically a, you know, you have to fill out your contractual obligations uh, yes. CD. It was the first CD that I ever owned. Okay. So there you go. And no Shock the Monkey on it. Nope. Uh, Shock the Monkey made it onto a number of other compilation albums. A few of note. Go For It 1983, a yes. CBS compilation from Australia released in 1983. There you go. I said the playlist is so-so. And a Greenpeace compilation from 1985 released by various labels around the world. It was released in many countries. The playlist isn't too bad. Lots and lots of new wave and alternative 80s. All right. Uh, on uh, April 22nd, 2022, a previously unreleased alternate mix of Shock the Monkey was exclusively released for download on Bandcamp Ooh. under the title Shock the Monkey, open parenthesis, Earth Percent times Earth Day Mix, close parenthesis. Nice. Put out as a tribute to Earth Day 2022, proceeds from the download were donated to the environmental organization Earth Percent. As part of a project where Gabriel and several other artists donated exclusive and rare material. This is listed as being performed in concert 376 times by Peter Gabriel. The first performance is November 14th, 1982 at the Warner Theater in Washington, D.C. And as of this recording in April of 2023, 
The most recent performance is from December 10th, 2014 in Dublin, Ireland. So I wonder if you're going to hear it on September 10th. Uh, September, September 11th, 11th. Yeah. I have seen Peter Gabriel so far in concert four times. Yes. The first time was in Minneapolis in 2002 where this was not performed. Okay. I saw him in Montreal in 2003. This was in the Encore. Yes. He did not perform it when I saw him play with an orchestra in Boston in 2011. And when he toured with Sting in 2016, him and Sting, the two best friends, performed this together at, right. at their Toronto show in 2016. Nice. The song was used as the opening uh, credit uh, tune for the 1987 film Project X. Mm -hmm. And the song was featured in the South Park episode Raisins when Stan holds up a boombox playing the song on Wendy's front lawn, only to yes. find out that she is with Token. The song, the scene is a play on the movie Say Anything. Yes. So he's supposed to play In Your Eyes, but he plays Shock the, Shock monkey. the monkey. I like how Project X is a movie about Matthew Broderick and a ch chimpanzee. <laughs> it's all, it all opens with Shock the Monkey. Yep. Amazing. Ready for the lyrics? Yes. Uh, I have to say, my favorite lyric, and I mean, I think Peter Gabriel is a pretty good lyricist. And, and this is a pretty, I think, bad lyric, but I still love it. <laughs> Darling, don't you monkey with the monkey. <laughs> That's the best one. I mean, it's, yep. I can't find a better one than that. Yeah. Don't you monkey with the monkey. Yeah. So Shock the Monkey is sometimes mistaken as a song about shock therapy, but Gabriel said it's actually a song about jealousy. Gabriel described Shock the Monkey as a love song that examines how jealousy can release one's basic instincts. The monkey is not a literal monkey, but a metaphor for one's feelings of jealousy. So despite Gabriel coming out and actually saying this. Oh my God, come on. Okay. Our friends on song meetings um, actually know more, of course, about of course what the song do. is about, right? Yes. For example, Cam K. Natasha said, it's about masturbation. They did a whole episode of self-pleasure videos on VH1's pop-up video. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 15 Steps said, Shock the Monkey is clearly about cunnilingus. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Pantero Blanco said, It's about mankind gradually going mad in an artificial world. Scream. Scream. <laughs> Pursuit of Life said, In the 60s and 70s, they did behavioral experiments with monkeys, part of which involved giving them electrical shocks and seeing how they responded. Reading everything that's been posted so far, it seems to be the most likely obvious source and concept for shocking uh, Shock the Monkey. And I mean, if you read all of the sources, including what Peter Gabriel said, you know you're wrong. Yes, exactly. Uh, Though, I mean, if you just look at the title, sure. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Shall we go to reception? Yes. Let's start in the U.S., where Shock the Monkey debuted on the Billboard Hot 100 during the week of April 23rd, 1982, at number 80, between Attack of the Name Game by Stacey Ladisaw. Oh, such a good song. And Make Believe by Toto. Yes. So Stacey Ladisaw actually said is interesting. Yeah. Uh, she was 16 when she released Attack of the Name Game, which is an early rap song. Yes. She raps and sings during the song. I said, it's yeah. not as good as the music released by Sugar Hill Records around the same time. But it totally fits with the genre and isn't that bad. Well, and the song is sampled by Mariah Carey later, and it's amazing. Yeah. Apparently, the song Ring My Bell was written for Ladishaw when she was 10 years old, but it was given to Anita Ward instead. Okay. 
Make Believe was the third single from Toto 4, which peaked at number 30. I said it's pretty much what you'd expect from Toto around the time. Shock the Monkey peaked at number 29 on the Billboard Hot 100 the week of January 29, 1983. Here's your top 10. And number one, uh, covered on the Super Hits way back in the day, Down Under by Men at Work. Number two, Total with Africa. Number three, Sexual Healing by Marvin Gaye. Number four, Don Henley and Dirty Laundry. Uh, Number five, The Girl is Mine. Oh, my God. Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. Come on. Number six, Man Eater by Hall & Oates. Yes. Number seven, Baby Come to Me with Patty Austin and James Ingram. Number eight, another Super Hits uh, song, Rock the Casbah by The Clash. Nice. Number nine, Shame on the Moon by Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band. Come on. Number 10, You and I by Eddie Rabbit with Crystal Gale. Okay. Uh, Shock the Monkey actually made the top 10 on the Canadian RPM music chart during the week of December 4th, 1982. It hit number 10. You know why? Smart. Canadians are smart. Well, number one that week was Up Where We Belong by Joe Cocker and Jennifer Warrens. Maybe number, not so smart. <laughs> number two, Laura Branigan with Gloria. Yes. Number three, Trio with Da Da Da. Oh my God. Number four. That's a blast with the past. Yes. Uh, ABC with The Look of Love. Uh-huh. Dirty Laundry at number five. Super Tramp with It's Raining again at number six. Mm-hmm. Lionel Richie and Truly at number seven. Down Under at number eight. Man Eater at number nine. Shock mm-hmm. the Monkey at number 10. Top CanCon hit for that week was. What you gonna do? Open parenthesis when I'm gone. Close yes. parenthesis by Chilliwack at number Chilliwack. seventeen. All right. The full not, edi- not a bad top ten. No, the full edition of RPM for that week wasn't available, so I don't have any other notes. I did not go into other editions like you did because I am lazy. Yeah, not a problem, dude. Uh, chart positions from around the world peaked number twenty-five in Australia, number two in Italy, number fifty-eight in the UK. Interestingly enough. Ooh. The song has 7 million streams on Spotify as of April of 2023. The official music video has 13 million views on YouTube. Let's go to covers and samples. Do it. So, Who Sampled lists four songs which sampled Shock the Monkey. I said none of them are notable. There are seven covers listed of this song. One is by Cole Chamber featuring Ozzy Osbourne. From 1999, I wrote, I think it sucks, but the song sort of fits the genre. Yeah, okay. I can see like the, it crossing over into that genre. Yeah. For sure. Don Ho covered this in 2002. I said, it's fine. Yes. Uh, there are a few covers done by string quartets. I said, they're all fine. Mm-hmm. And the 8-bit universe cover of this song is awesome. I can imagine it would be. Uh, music video time. So the track is known for its bizarre and disturbing music video written and directed by Brian Grant of MGMM Studios. The video was played heavily in early MTV days. It features... Jeez, I wonder why. Uh Uh-huh. Well, it it also helps that Gabriel was wearing white face paint. Yes, doubling down. Yeah. Gabriel appears (laughs) in two guises. One is a businessman, CIA, MK, ultra type in a dark suit. Mm-hmm. And the other, distressed in white with geometric markings in uh, in black on his face. Very cyber. A movie projector plays zoo footage yes. of a gibbon, basically a lesser ape, not a monkey. As the video proceeds, events in the normal office become increasingly irregular and disturbing with objects in the room in increasing disarray. 
Gabriel displays increasing pressure, anger, and fear as the chaos occurs, at one point being restrained by three little people. The office footage is increasingly interspersed with black and white footage of Gabriel fleeing from something unknown in the wilderness and a disoriented Gabriel in different settings, including central London, in what looks to be an office of a hospital. At the end of the video, the dark-faced Gabriel merges with the white-faced painted Gabriel. In the final shot, their two uh, faces are superimposed. What's superimposed? (laughs) Um, Over that of the gibbon. My own notes. Okay. Of course, Peter Gabriel finds a reason to paint himself up in a bunch of makeup and costumes. Yep. Uh, Peter Gabriel sitting cross-legged in the room with the fire burning around him is rad. And I said, for the technology that they had in 1982, the editing of this video is fucking fantastic. Mm -hmm. Do you just want to rate it? Absolutely, I do. All right, video. Uh, So uh, right out of the gate, showing the words Chucky Le Sange on that piece of paper (laughs) at the start really set the tone for me. Yes. Um, I knew I was going to enjoy this, and I will say I was not disappointed. Pete knew how to use the visual medium. I loved the reveal shot of his tribal businessman character and how it syncs with the music. Overall, this is a really well-done music video. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Nice. Uh, I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. I said, if you're going to try to make your music video a piece of artwork, this is how to do it. Yep. We've seen people trying to make their videos into art and uh, missing. And uh, this is pretty much a bullseye. It's fantastic. So yeah, big high rating for me. Uh, The song. Ah, Pete, you know, what a legend. Uh, (laughs) This is a song that kind of sneaks up on me. I I never really give it its due, but it is a really good track. I love uh, his vocals on this one. Uh, And I said, you can't go wrong singing the word monkey over and over and over. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I mean, George Michael would have some success with a song called Monkey too. So Absolutely, and it's a good song as well. So, Once Upon a Time, this was actually one of my lesser favorite Peter Gabriel tunes. Um, But as I've gotten older, I enjoy it more and more and more. And now I think that it's awesome. Uh, And uh, I don't know if I call it one of my favorite tracks, but that's just because there are so many that are way up there. But I'm giving this a very solid 8 out of 10. Right on, buddy. Uh, what is coming at us in our next episode? Uh, coming up this Friday, we are uh, going to take a look at uh, Talking in Your Sleep by the Romantics. Uh-huh. Should be, uh, um, well, the the, ba- the band is quite boring. But this, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll talk about the video, at least. Yeah, yeah, that was quite the video. Yes, uh, it was. So look forward to that. Folks. Yeah, so if you want some comments, uh, or if you want to give us comments about the video for Talking in Your Sleep, the video for Shock the Monkey, any of the songs we've covered, any requests coming up. And if you really want not only a Kula Shaker ticket yes. for September 11th at Lee's Palace in Toronto, but also we will cover a Kula Shaker song. Which one do we choose? I don't uh, know. There's so many of them that yeah, are hits. Yeah. So we'll have to make a, a choice down the road. Hit us up, superhitspodcast at gmail.com, at superhitscast on Twitter, at superhitspodcast on Instagram. We have playlists on iTunes and Spotify. Go check out the Super Hits Podcast playlist. And if you can, hit us up with a uh, five-star review as a, you know, a little treat for a, for the road. A little treat for the road. Uh, if you want to hit me up anywhere, slip with five eyes or slip is my handle. I'm Jamie C. Megamix.com.com is my website. Thanks for listening, friends. Bye. Bye.